Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Joining me today on Brand Story, Inc. is Kevin Cote, the Director of Sports Partnerships for Teams and Athletes at Facebook. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, excited to be here and uh, excited to, to, to chat. Awesome. Well, uh, let's start with the basics. I, I threw out your title, but f- would love for you to explain what a director of sports partnerships uh, in your role is doing at Facebook. Sure thing. Um, so, yeah, I sit within the sports partnerships department at Facebook, which means uh, not just Facebook, the, the app that, um, you know, two, two point some, something billion people are using uh, every day. <laughs> But um, but also Instagram and WhatsApp and Messenger and Oculus and the entire family uh, of apps uh, within the Facebook umbrella. We uh, we essentially serve as free consultants for the entire sports industry, that being teams, athletes, media companies, uh, leagues, um, to, to maximize the potential um, of utilizing our platforms both for content purposes, for brand building, for audience development, um, but also to drive business outcomes and. Uh, and most of us on our team actually came from the sports industry, so we have that lens of knowing what it's like to work for these organizations, um, and so that that therefore makes us even more passionate about um, helping our partners achieve um, maximum efficiency and, and maximum uh, kind of uh, relevancy, and and also maximizing the, the business potential. Yeah, and for point of context for our listeners, uh, prior to Facebook, uh, I think you started there in 2015. Kevin was the senior director of digital marketing for the Golden State Warriors for over a decade, and before that, worked uh, as media re- in media relations for the San Francisco Giants. So, you've got quite the uh, the cross section of big brands, and then have worked from the inside, which I'm sure has provided a pretty unique perspective for you in your current gig. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have worked in the sports industry my entire life, uh, which means I've never had a real job. And I'm very <laughs> thankful for that. Um, I've always been very passionate about the work that I've been able to do. And uh, and I've gotten to see everything from, you know, in, in working in baseball, the grind of 162 games. and um, But, but you know, living and, and, and dying by every win and loss, um, that was, you know, a very great experience to, to begin my career. And then working for the Warriors, both the uh, – you know, the Warriors weren't always the Warriors that they are in the last five years. I always try to remember, remind people of that. It was a lot of dark days, uh, a lot of uh, being on the losing end of a lot of games. So it was almost in, in two different ownership groups. So that was almost two different jobs, um, being that it was kind of two different phases of that organization's um, tenure. So, um, yeah, very fortunate to, to come from this side, but also learned a lot along the way um, about the entire industry and and. Luckily, being at Facebook has then exposed me to even more, not just um, on the team side, but the entire sports ecosystem and how the sports and business world itself has grown and matured, but also the global nature of, of sport. Um, Facebook, obviously, is a very global platform, and so we have the opportunity to, to see it through that lens of, of not just here in the U.S., but, but globally. Um, I've got to learn a lot about sports like rugby and cricket, things I never would have imagined uh, having knowledge of. And I don't pretend to have a lot of knowledge of those things, but um, but being in this job has allowed me to see see things through that lens as well, and and then try to take those learnings and, and bring them to the partners we work with um, closely here in the U.S. as well. Well, let, let's kind of 
obviously as we, we're taping this it's it's late march and we're smack dab in the middle of uh pretty much the the country going on shelter in place and so there's a moment going on here right now um, for Facebook and, and Instagram in the sports world as teams and players at leagues are grappling to try to figure out what to do. So I'd love to do this in maybe two buckets. And we'll start first with turn the clock back, whatever, 30 days ago, pre-coronavirus. Um, and would like to start there in terms of things that were exciting you, whether it was on the athlete level, on the team level, or the, or even the league level, um, things that you're involved in, things that you were seeing um, at Facebook and Instagram that were exciting you that you feel are kind of representative of ways you wish all of your partners could be using your platforms. Um, and we'll start there, and then we'll kind of flip over into kind of the new world order that we're in. Sounds good, yeah. 30 days seems so long ago. Right? It's like years at this point. (laughs) Yeah, so hard to even remember. No, but but honestly, this time of year, you know, January, February, March is uh, really some of our busiest times of year, um, purely due to all the activity within the sports world, Um, from, you know, the Super Bowl to NBA All-Star Weekend to, you know, preparing for Major League Baseball and March Madness and the NBA playoffs, so... It's uh, here in the U.S. It's a, it's a very busy time of year for us. So a lot, and, and not to mention this being an Olympic year, or right. this was, was <laughs> an Olympic, Olympic year, year as of yeah. this morning. Um, that those were all things that we were, um, you know, we were we had a very big presence at the Super Bowl and and at NBL Star Weekend. Uh, we were activating in a number of ways um, with with teams and athletes and the league and, and, and media companies um, and brands at those events um we were really focused on um some, some of the really exciting projects um and then we're going to continue to, to work through but obviously things are on a back burner right now um things like uh commerce so instagram shopping mm-hmm. uh, we've been working really closely with directly with athletes for julian edelman for example um on how he's taken his own brand his own je11 brand and, and taken that to instagram and been selling direct to consumer um, and using his own platform, his own voice, his own method of storytelling, um, and using content to create commerce opportunities. Uh, so things like that were uh, squarely in focus for us. Um, on the team side, uh, we've really focused on um, uh, demonstrating to teams how they can not only grow their audiences locally, nationally, and globally through our platforms, but how the people who are engaging with their content are often the best leads for driving conversions outcomes, ticket sales, merchandise sales, um, sponsorships. And and that's become a, a very much of a core to what we work on with teams um, is how to maximize the, the potential to drive their business through the content. And that has created a great new conversation within these teams where they, oftentimes there are silos um, to get everybody in the organization to realize that the the social media team, the digital media team is a revenue generating department because they're driving all these potential um, leads and conversions outcomes. So those are the things 30 days ago we were very focused on and will continue to be focused on, but obviously on the back burner right now. Yeah. And who, give us some examples in your mind of who's doing it well. I love to use examples of that. So to your point, I think you hit on a key thing. The the reason this this podcast is called brand story Inc is that, we look at non we look at any brand and it's easy to look at sports brands whether you're a team or actually an individual as their own media companies right and how to think and act like a media company and kind of 
exactly what you were saying, bringing the different departments together and having kind of a, a unified approach. What are some go-to examples that Q1 2020 you were looking at and saying, wow, these guys are doing it well? And what was it that they were doing well? Yeah, so I'll start on the team side, and that's where, to your point, that's what we like to, you know, one of our kind of elevator pitches for teams when we're talking to the president or owner is that, you know, you're effectively a digital media company that happens to play football. Yep. And that's the way that on that side of the business, you should be thinking about things with the built-in advantage of having a very passionate fan base um, and a schedule of, of a steady stream of content. Um, and and that's all things you should be taking uh, to your advantage um, because that is the future of, you know, the sports media industry. Um, and so, and, and the, the nice thing about our work also is that we work with, you know, the biggest clubs in the world from Real Madrid and Barcelona to, you know, all the way to, you know, college programs and minor league teams and trying to scale education as best as possible to make sure everyone has, um, the best information possible. And we do that in a variety of ways. Um, here in the U S some of the, the key examples, um, we'll cite and, and we were in Miami for the Super Bowl and. Uh, anytime we're in Miami, we're, we love, you know, catching up with our, our friends with the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. They are a team we, we cite often, um, be, mostly because they they really um, embody what it means to leverage their in-house capabilities with content um, to drive incredible business results. So um, during the 2017 season, 25% of their new season ticket membership came as a direct result of leads they generated on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. They are continually atop the NFL leaderboard in terms of Facebook video views. And they're a team that has made the playoffs, I think, once in the last 15 years. Um, and so no knock on their on-field performance, but, you know, on the business side, they, they don't have a lot of control over that. And when we work with teams, you know, it's there's teams that, uh, you know, they play in a small market or they're, they don't, they are, they're in a losing situation. But what we like to remind them is um, in those situations, there are still ways to succeed on the business side, uh, and often it's through the investment in the content. And when the investment in the content bears out, you know, return on, on investment, and you can prove that, it then reinforces that that investment in the content is worth it and should be taken even more seriously. And that manifests itself through ticket sales, merchandise, sponsorship, and, and, and more. Kevin, talk. I want. I like to go deeper to illustrate larger points here. So let's stay with the Miami Dolphins, right? I'm looking at their Facebook page. They've got about 2.2 million um, followers on Facebook. You said something there, and and I think mo- many people are getting more sophisticated about this. But I think when you talk about the investment in content and converting into business results, so the stats that you just gave out, it, it evokes an image of almost advertorial and trying to promote ticket sales. And I'm guessing where you're going to go is saying it's, it's actually the opposite. It's, it's creating, so defining, if you could maybe give some examples of, um, you know, it, it, it's entertaining and engaging content that is more mm-hmm. attractive than anything that is, I think sports consumers understand, uh, you know, advertorial content here, but maybe an example or yeah. two that you have that, that illustrates the type of content that's successful for them. Most definitely. And that's, you know, it's not just the Dolphins. There are a variety of teams and we've published, you know, public case studies that anyone can access uh, with dozens of teams over the last couple of years. But, um, you know, sticking with the Miami theme, the Miami Heat are another team that does this extremely well. And when they have, you know, a jersey unveil, like their um, their Miami Vice inspired mm-hmm. um, teal and pink jerseys that were all the rage, 
they see that as an, a content opportunity as well. And so the content they put around that jersey reveal was incredible. But mm-hmm. they invested a lot in that as well because they knew it was a big moment. Um, but because of that, they saw an uh, incredible return on uh, on investment in not only the content they created, but how they were leveraging our advertising tools. Um, and that's kind of going into your the, the main piece of your question there, which is not content that is um, advertorial in nature or hits you over the head with a call to action. It's more about inspiring and engaging people and capturing their attention, collecting those people, and then retargeting them through our sophisticated ad tools. That's the, that's the kind of secret sauce, the means to success that we see the most effective teams, especially um, executing on our platform. It is inspirational, engaging content that, and different types of content that appeals to different segments of the fan base. And then leveraging the, the ability to collect those people and directly advertise to them, um, potentially even about the content that they just saw with more of a call to action now that they are, you know that they are a, a, an engaged fan. Um, and te- other teams doing this super uh, super successfully recently, the New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, um, San Antonio Spurs, we're seeing teams, again, in, in small markets, in big markets, um, in winning situations, in, in um, situations where they're more looking at the future. Um, and that's our, the, the fun part of our job, too, is being able to work through all those scenarios. Yeah, it's interesting. I'd, I'd be curious. Um, I, I want to fast forward to kind of the current day here, in which it's going to be very exciting, I think, for people to listen to. I, I'd be curious. I'm going to put myself out there, and you can swap me down. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember I was at uh, at one client, the the Tennis Hall of Fame, and I was I was at a board meeting, and we were pitching a new brand uh, that we created for them, which is called Tennis Worthy, which is inspiring tennis stories, leveraging you know the greatest name, the greatest stories from the greatest names in the, of the game. Um, and I was in front of a boardroom that had extremely high profile uh, folks, uh, tended to be probably an older skewing age, but sports team owners, CEOs of Fortune 1000 companies, and there's like 40 people in the room. And you're trying to explain kind of digital media, a, a media property being built from scratch across digital media. And we talked about, I used Facebook and I, you know, I name dropped Dan Reed and how I'd met with him and, you know, kind of talked about this but part of this came from dan i think years ago but i said i use this the cable television analogy because most people in the room were over were 60 plus and i said really if you think about it um the tennis hall of fame is almost like nbc or what we used to think in the 80s of or espn as a as a network right it's the it's the originator of where the content is coming from in each of the individual uh, tennis stars, whether it's Roger Federer or um, you know Coco Graf or whomever it may be, are their own cable system, their own cable channel, right? And if you think about it, it's kind of the way I understood was just that Facebook set up in a way that if you're the originator of this content and able to connect the dots and leverage the different um, individual players, performers, uh, you know, concentric circles of celebrity fans, um, individual influencers. That's really an ecosystem of what you're creating. It's kind of the modern day, you know, that was my my down and dirty explanation of kind of how a brand can leverage the ecosystem. Now you get to swat that down and tell me how how off I was. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. I think uh, I'd like to uh, copy and paste some of that as we uh, talk to team owners sometimes. 
and it's, you know, I think we, you know, I've been in this job almost five years now and, and our department has existed for, you know, about five or six years. And over that time, we've seen um, our own narrative shift, but we've also seen, I think, a lot more um, understanding of the potential and where things are heading. But, you know, technology is not going to slow down. Um, digital media is not going to slow down. And uh, we're in a position to to help our partners, whatever their outcomes might might be. That's that's the other great part about our job is that whether your um, the, the business outcome you're trying to drive is you know audience development, um, uh, driving OTT subscriptions, mm-hmm. uh, driving ticket sales, driving merch, uh, creating new sponsorship opportunities, whatever that might be, um, we have a solution for that and can work kind of work backwards and that's how we approach it with, with these entities and it doesn't it can be it can be scary to think through disrupting old business models but what we like to show is that we can be complementary to that um and and our you know kind of uh host of products can help us solve for all of those different solutions which is also what makes it really exciting and, and as it relates to athletes that's um increasingly becoming understood, especially by the athletes who are coming into the, into the professional ranks as digital natives. Um, that's yeah. another thing. Is, yeah. When we started this five, six years ago, some of it was, you know, in the, in the Major League Baseball locker room, it might be taboo for some right. guy to be on social media. Now it's the expectation, and it's um, it's, it's competitive among the players who, who has the most followers, who has the most engagement, who's, who's doing the most sponsor deals. Um and and that's where again it's um, it's not slowing down and and Facebook and Instagram have the potential to you know break down that barrier between athlete and fan and and really make these guys less you know a decade or two ago athletes were untouchable you saw them on TV commercials you saw them playing um, on the court in person or on TV and that was well maybe it unless you got to be up close and personal get autographed now you have the opportunity to get a peek into these uh, athletes' lives day in and day out to connect with them, to interact with them. And um, and that has also made the, the connection all the more real, not not individually, but for these athletes to be able to understand, oh, I can go direct to consumer to sell my apparel, um, whether that's you know, if to, to leverage the, the tennis example you just mentioned, Serena Williams, who has her own merchandise line and is selling direct to consumer on Instagram. Um, or someone like Rafa Nadal, who is working with Nike to sell Nike uh, apparel direct to consumer through his own channel. And that's where things are shifting. And what we're really excited about is seeing uh, we're, we're living within this age of athlete empowerment. Um, and part of the reason is because athletes are their own media company uh, to a large extent. And they're also their own direct to consumer brands. Um, it's and interesting. The more sophisticated they, they understand. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. To, I didn't mean to cut you off, Kevin. I, I, I find the kind of the here and now of coronavirus. I, I was on Twitter yesterday and I'm, I've been really frustrated with most of the leagues in sports, especially the bigger ones. It just seems everyone, uh, I get it when you're trying to deal with shuttering a season during unprecedented times with the coronavirus. But man, is this a moment and an opportunity to engage fans, right? Unprecedented amount of people at home sitting there waiting to be entertained. And you use the word athlete empowerment. I've been very impressed at um, individual athletes stepping up and leveraging the platform while the leagues are kind of on their heels. I mean, just we have a brand called uh, La Vida Baseball. It's a, it's a Latino baseball lifestyle company. 
And just yesterday, mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz, we had him on our site, and he was just, we had him on for like 30, 45 minutes just doing a workout. Wasn't even talking, just doing a workout, just real time. Like, and just people are, right. players are just experimenting, right? And it's, and it's, they're not afraid to fail and try stuff. And they know the, they tend to know the platforms, um, obviously, because they're using them and they know what their fans want. But I, I, I'm curious for you, I, I, this could be a tipping point for, athlete empowerment to use your word in terms of them really um almost i don't want to say it but get a leg up on on the leagues that are trying to grapple with how to leverage this moment it seems like the players are doing so i'm curious what you're seeing that's catching your eye yeah what's uh for us the first and foremost um we we see this number one uh, you know just reaching out to all of our partners to see how we can be supportive knowing everyone's going to be at home Everyone's going to have connected. Well, hopefully everybody has connectivity. Um, and this is the opportunity to, um, to use that, that audience. Number one, uh, first and foremost, uh, is to spread information, to spread helpful information and mitigate misinformation. And athletes are really stepping up to this and help, you know, we, we're working close, closely with the CDC and the WHO and we have all the, you know, um, guidance and, 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 and uh, the proper guidance that they want to share. And there's um, no better way to do that than through, you know, public figures and athletes who have massive, massive followings on social media. Um, and so that's been, you know, an exciting piece of this too is um, something athletes probably, you know, didn't think they'd be doing, you know, 30 days ago is using their platforms to help spread positive inf- health information. Um, that's number one. And then, you know, closely on, on behind that, the other way we've been able to work with athletes is through our native fundraising tools. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, uh, on both Facebook and Instagram, you can uh, create fundraisers to raise, uh, funds. And we've seen athletes like Steph Curry, uh, created a fundraiser just a few days ago and has raised over $140,000. Um, and, and that's the kind of really inspirational stuff that not only is he raising awareness and raising money for an incredible cause, but probably having, uh, everyday people, users of Facebook create their own fundraisers as well in that halo effect. And so again, the inspiration is a huge key part of that. So that's, those have been our, our main point areas of focus with athletes and seeing how, how tech savvy and digital savvy they really are and able to do this stuff on their own from their home um, has been great. <laughs> Another kind of um, uh, positive uh, indication that everything is, is heading into their, you know, that the, they have so much control, so much influence uh, and they can use it for good. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> and then on, and then on top of that, you know, really <laughs> they entertain, which I, yeah. I think, you know, they've been uh, more than willing to do whether it was, you know, Instagram Live. LeBron went on Instagram Live for 45 minutes the other day and was just interacting with fans, answering questions, giving people a peek into his life with his kids and his wife as they're having dinner and playing cards. At the same exact time, his son, Bronny, who's become a social media sensation of his own life, and he's only a freshman in high school, he was upstairs in the same house, also on Instagram Live, <laughs> talking to an entire different, you know, collection of, of fans. And this is the access that, in some ways, we almost take for granted now. Yeah. Um, that when you really step back and set, this is what we have to do sometimes, is just step back and realize, oh my gosh, can you imagine if I was a 12-year-old LeBron fan, and I'm just getting to sit there and play cards with him, and then also 
see what his son is up to. Who's, you know, I can probably relate to more. And he's talking about 2K and he's playing video games. It's just sometimes I have to do that to myself. Is just like step back and realize, wow, this is an amazing time we're living in, and 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 this specific strange time that we're living in, yeah. we're seeing all kinds of creativity, but also this this inspiration, and that's um, that's you know hopefully work that we can be proud of. Well, well, you know, so two final questions for you, you Kevin, as as you just referenced that the world's changed, and you're looking for inspiration. Um, how is your perspective on your job changing? You know, I know only a couple of weeks into this, but I would love to get a sense of it's clear that e-commerce, whether it's um, transactional for you mentioned that right in terms of helping athletes kind of figure that, uh, you know, that that last mile along with the greater good of, of donations. And you just gave a great example of Steph Curry. So so that's clearly still in play, maybe in a different form, um, raising money and doing good right now. But maybe at a 30,000-foot level, how are you thinking about Facebook and how should, how should teams, uh, leagues, individual athletes be thinking about it right now? Yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, I, think, I, I think I've used the word already a bunch, but I've been inspired uh, not only by you know, the, the partners we work with and how quick to action they've been, to um, to use their platforms for good, mm-hmm. but even just what Facebook is doing, you know, matching up to twenty million dollars in donation for relief efforts, offering one hundred million dollars in cash grants to small businesses, donating gloves and medical masks, there's, and, and creating you know a coronavirus information center on the Facebook app. It's, it's been amazing to watch this pivot happen in such a quick fashion, um, and for. Every, you know, every different entity and, and, and different colleagues and groups within Facebook that we work with, um, to see everyone mobilize toward a common effort, um, that's been really just inspirational, makes me proud to work for a company like that. Um, and then within the industry, you know, having empathy as well. You know, I, I, the closest uh, thing I've, I've experienced to this is going through the NBA lockout in 2011, nowhere near, you know, <laughs> close in terms of the, the impact in the world. But just from the impact of when I had a job and not knowing if I was going to have a job in a month, not knowing how long that lockout was going to be. And so having empathy for the entire um, ecosystem in terms of just real world impact to their daily lives. People are homeschooling kids like me. I'm home. <laughs> My kids are in the next room over here um, being homeschooled. I'm the PE teacher. I got the 3 p.m. shift. <laughs> and so having that empathy for everyone we work with that everyone is going through a different uh, situation scenario. That's, that's another big piece of what I'm focused on, but also where I'm proud that, um, that our platforms can help play a role in, in creating some of that, that positive momentum. And hopefully we can all get through this together. Awesome. Well, last question for you, Kevin, and that would be, uh, you know, virtual town halls are going to, are already becoming a thing. And if this were a virtual town hall where we had, uh, I'll use NBA since you came from the Warriors before um, working at Facebook. If we had a bunch of NBA players, uh, league execs, digital media um, execs from the teams, what would be the couple of things you'd be having them focus on? Obviously, there's a coronavirus, but from a from a tactical perspective of things to be thinking about to, to leverage the platforms, um, what are things on Facebook or Instagram that should be top of mind for them? Sure, yeah. So, I mean... Number one, just making sure in terms of spreading that information, that, that's first and foremost. We'll, we'll continue to, to make sure you know teams have a, a, 
the opportunity within the local communities where there's different effects to, to spread local information, um, leagues at more of a national uh, and global level, and, and athletes, you know, a very influential voice with all, you know, all different ages and demographics. So that's that's the number one um, focus. But in terms of you know using this time uh, productively. Um, from a content perspective, a lot of the conversations we're having is, you know, digging into those those long-term projects that a lot of times people just don't have time or bandwidth for um, because there's always another game the next night and there's always, you know, more tickets to sell the next day. Um, things like archival content and, and looking into um, the power of, of, of live broadcasting and doing live town halls and, and connecting with fans uh, around the world in that truly interactive way. Um there's all sorts of um, opportunities out there that it, most of the time is, you know, easily gets pushed, pushed back. Um, now's the time to, to really dive into that. And that even means on the business side, really, really getting uh, more disciplined around, you know, how are you valuing your sponsorship assets? Mm-hmm. How are you selling and packaging digital assets with respect to more traditional assets? Are you selling, are they are digital and social being cut? created as a throw into deals or is it leading the deal? Yeah. Um, those are the types of things, you know, hopefully in the next few weeks we'll, we'll be focusing on even more once you get uh, through the, the priorities we've already laid out. But um, those are things I would encourage uh, because right now is a very unique time to be able to, to dedicate the mind space um, to that um, while also being, you know, completely empathetic toward um, the, the, the juggling of, of uh, the, the current state and working from home and, um, and all that. So. Yeah. Well, Kev, I mean, I think checking in with you 60, 90 days from now, it'll be interesting to see. I do think, to your point, the entire country and, and much of the world is getting thrust into becoming uh, newbie digitals if they weren't already, right? I mean, I think most of us that work mm-hmm. in this line of business are like, where is the rest of the world? You just said two point something billion are on Facebook. It's not like this is a new thing, but there still is in the sports world, it's still not middle of the bell curve. And I think it it will be coming out of this. So great opportunity for everyone um, here to rethink the way they're doing business using Facebook and Instagram. And we really appreciate you coming on during what I know is a crazy time, Kevin, and sharing some of your thoughts with us. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity in the chat. And and yeah, I look forward to, uh, you know, getting past this, this, um, but, you know, it's going to be a collective effort and uh, we're all in it together, which is uh, something we want to make sure we remind each other every day. And, uh, and, and yeah, so thank you for the opportunity and, and really enjoy chatting. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.